welcome to MindShift, where we explore how mindsets can help you live a life of passion and purpose. On this show, we'll explore how our thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs shape our outlook on life and influence our decisions. We'll talk to experts from various fields and hear from individuals who have transformed their lives by adopting new mindsets. Whether you're feeling stuck, searching for life's purpose, or simply curious about the power of the mind and how it's changing the future, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Hello and welcome to MindShift. If you haven't done so already, please hit that subscribe button and follow along for some tips and tools to become your best self. Today, I have a very special guest I'm really, really excited to have on the show, Gareth Evans. He is a wellness coach, a life coach, and a hypnotherapist who focuses on or focused, what kind of got him started was on um, soldiers and veterans with PTSD and really helping them transform that mindset to self-empowerment to really dive deep into what was going on with them. So Gareth, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much, Cody. I really appreciate you having me on here. Absolutely. So let's let's just start right at the beginning. You, um, you're a soldier that just got, or an ex-soldier that just got out, a veteran that's dealing with PTSD. Um, what kind of things were you having to deal with and what were some of the tools that you utilized to kind of overcome some of this trauma that's happened throughout your life? I'd say the biggest tool that I could give or uh, state is uh, is to journal. That the more you write, the more it can tap into your subconscious, and the subconscious absolutely knows what the problem is that's going on for you. Um, now, if if you look at us as a conscious mind, you choose to pick up a pen, you choose to read a book, regardless what that choice is, it's a conscious decision. The more you write, the more it taps into the subconscious, the the emotions, the emotions that ride alongside of your conscious uh, decisions. When I first left the army, I had no idea what to do or how to react. I was just reacting on autopilot. Um, although at this point, I've been dealing with people with, uh, with depression, anxiety and all the other issues that come alongside of trauma in one way, shape or form. I uh, I realized very quickly that I wasn't really uh, identifying what it was like to have those problems within myself. I was looking at them with my clients. What I needed to do is have my own journey to to identify and really self-reflect on all the reactions I was undertaking. So one of these things for me was, as I said, to journal. It was such a great tool for me. um, And it made me identify those patterns of my behaviors for me to walk down the street and identify when I'm going to trigger, when I'm going to uh, have a flashback, uh, when I'm going to have a panic attack, when I'm going to have all these different things. If I can identify these patterns of behaviors within myself, I can then reflect and I can prevent it from happening. Or if I can't prevent it from happening, what I can do is just ride it out, expect the unexpected, although I'm expecting it, if that can make sense to you at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's absolutely amazing. I know it's been a very powerful shift in my life as well. And I know, as I've been doing some journaling myself, especially after doing some deep meditations, I'm often surprised at at what comes up and the underlying 
emotions that that pop up as a result. So as you're as you're doing this, uh, were there anything that surprised you that popped up for you that wasn't necessarily from your time in the army? Uh, th- did it go further back than that as you were going through your practice? Yeah, absolutely. What I found by with myself and all the other people that I've been working with is PTSD stems from childhood. Typically, uh, I said generally it stems from childhood you do get the odd person that has these problems midlife but if you can imagine yourself like a volcano when you're an infant child you can imagine that volcano is empty there's nothing wrong with it it's just a dormant volcano you learn that child learns how to walk to talk to praise itself to have fun to to integrate into society as it grows up the problem is with ptsd it's mainly is Events that's happened in the past, so in the first five years of them, are the most important to anyone. And if there's problems occurring at such a young age, they're going to carry on through all the way into who you are as an adult. And the more you focus on what's happening at such a young age and you're going through, you find that that volcano that we spoke about tends to become active. There's a problems that's reoccurring and reoccurring. And it's not until we start uh, reacting simply by our past uh, environment and past events, past conversations. And we learn to fight, flight, freeze, fawn and flop. And we go through this in stages through our life. And it's not until you face something so traumatic in your adulthood or young adulthood, that is when the PTSD symptoms really do kick in. Now, that could be, for example, a soldier in the green zone is under constant fire or he's had to deal with amputees or whatever the, the issues or the problems are. He is now facing that very traumatic problem. But he is in the subconscious. It reverts back to a childhood. How did that child version of himself actually overcome its problems? And if it couldn't really identify how it overcome those problems, although that the the, the, the current problem in the green zone or whatever will overcome and pass. The subconscious will always go back to having a mismatch, having a misunderstanding of what actually happened as a child to where he is or she is or they are um, at the future. So although you've got a traumatic incident that's happened, maybe the green zone or maybe being raped or maybe whatever the problem is that's caused this traumatic reaction, you will not have may not have an actual reaction until years down the line, months down the line, days down the line, or even hours. Because what we're doing is it's having that relation between the conscious and the subconscious. So are people kind of remembering these uh, childhood traumas as they're going through like the hypnotherapy or or what are like some of the combination of tools to help kind of bring up some of the traumas and work through them? Okay, so when I work with a client who has PTSD, I will work with them for three months. I'll class them as my VIP clients. Generally, I've got a general client that will come to me with anxiety or depression or whatever they are, but they're quite isolated issues. PTSD, right back to childhood, and really quite fundamentally life-changing or or life-consuming. What I do under hypnotherapy uh, by the way, hypnotherapy is not about sleeping. It's not like the stuff you see on TV is like you're going to quack like a duck or pluck like a chicken, all these random stuff. What it is, is being absolutely relaxed. 
And I've got similar, uh, very good methods of making somebody relaxed. If you just go onto my uh, website, I've got a, a recording that um, that takes you out of the logic and out of the emotion and into the center where you just sort of get into that meditative state and just relax. I wouldn't recommend listening to that whilst you're driving. It's really powerful stuff. But once we're, I'm working with the clients and they're under hypnosis, bear in mind, just extremely relaxed, I work for two and a half hours with them. That two and a half hours is me going back to, in a safe place, back to the childhood, and identify the problems that they faced at such a young age. Uh, I'll do this for two or three, perhaps even four different times, going to different memories and different times within their life that they haven't been able to overcome the issues of the trauma that they faced. And whatever issue that comes up, we will work together on that isolated issue and then we'll come to them as a conclusion to identify that although they're under hypnosis, you'll notice that understanding under hypnosis is much more powerful than understanding in your normal day-to-day lives. And if you accumulate all the issues that they had from these past memories and put them into a an understanding of why are they like this now from when they were as a child, they will paint their own picture to understand what the problem is. Although they understand a problem, it's not the root cause of the problem, which they may not identify as a problem until it comes to light. Once we've got this issue, we're going to look at this as a main problem, that root cause. And we work on that root cause by lots of different versions under this hypnotherapy. And at the very end of the hypnotherapy, I will make a recording. This recording will be bespoke to the individual. And they're going to listen to this recording for 21 days after our hypno session, because whilst we're under the hypnosis, I've changed the mindset. And then the 21 days thereafter is changing the habits of behavior, because everything we do in life is a behavior. And after that 21 days, I will then do another hypno session with them, identifying another traumatic issue for them, because people with PTSD, unfortunately, have... um, and many different problems and if you take away one problem although the the minor problems may disappear there's still another face issue that's controlling their life and i'd work do this for three months and the outcome from day one to the end of the third month is outstanding just by focusing on who they are where they've come from and just give them some positive affirmations because at the end of the day they're much stronger we are much stronger then we realize we're just overwhelmed from the day-to-day thrawn of living. But when you really pick apart of who we are as individuals and how much and how far you've come from the original problems, regardless how far back it is, you need a tap on the back. You you shouldn't be uh, drowning in your own self-pity. You need to like take your head out of that water and say, really well done you, really well done. Yeah, absolutely. And it's... Absolutely fascinating because I've I've recently uh, done some different hypnotherapy myself, and one thing that was really fascinating for me when I went back into my childhood is how I got shown this example of toxic masculinity my whole life, and as a result, I I had kind of become a people pleaser throughout my life, not wanting mm-hmm. to ever uh, ruffle the feathers or, or really come across as this, you know mean guy because it's kind of how I was how I the the example I was shown and it was so interesting to me how this had been running so much of the show throughout my life 
mm-hmm. and uh, and really identifying and and like you said transforming the habits because all life ever is 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 habits and once we change the habit then we change the behavior and i really absolutely love the the celebrate your wins like look back over there's a book i just read called who not how and in it they talk about looking over the last 90 days and we all know you know where we went wrong what we failed at all that stuff but what are the little wins? Like, what did you do that you accomplished? And I think that we don't really fit, create the time to celebrate those little wins. And that creates the motivation to continue doing the work, to continue going on. So I absolutely, absolutely love that. Celebrate, celebrate your wins and, and the breakthroughs that you have made because we all, we all know the stuff that we still need to work on. So after they go through these sessions, what are some of the habits that you help them create in their life going for forward for the next 21 days it's going to be goal setting you have to have goals if you even from infancy to where you are now you need to have a so what or what next if you come to me and you say i've got a problem and i've got no intention of getting over it then i I don't even want to work with you because there's no there's no drive there's no want there's no need to become better if it's just a shrug of the shoulders and say, ah, you know, I, I could do with it, I could do without, that's great, but you need to have that drive. And once you can identify that you've got that drive, once you have a passion to be better at whatever it is, be a better person, get over the problem, then come to me. Then we can work together. Because once you can identify even the smallest goals, if you can wake up in the morning and say, okay, what do I want to achieve today? What is it? It could be, I want to go to the shops as as easy it is for you and I to hear that for somebody else. It's a mountain. It's it's the biggest problem that, that they could ever face. The idea of going into public, going to a shop and actually inter interacting with the cashier or even showing them money or whatever it is. Everyone's got their own problems and issues. And if you can identify the small goals in life, the day to day goals would have the expectation to achieve the bigger goals a little bit further down the road. Then you can build up your confidence by achieving these small goals. Maybe it just be to take a step outside, to ring a family member or to write a letter to yourself, whatever it's going to be. Once you have achieved that goal, it's another little win. It's another little tap on the back to say you'll go in the right direction. And you have the motivation, you have the want and the need, the desire to, to push yourself forward. Yeah, absolutely. And and goals really are paramount for us to be able to move on in life, to be able to transform this mindset into, you know, I can do this. And it's so, it's such a powerful shift that, that I felt in my life as they're going through these goals. What are some of the like biggest challenges you see people um, coming up against as they're as they're going towards their goals, as they're forming goals? What are what are the some of the blocks that you see people have as they're as they're working towards this? And and what is your suggestions? What are some tips to kind of overcome some of those uh, blocks that can end up in our path? Yeah. So generally, when I'm working with people, the the, the issues. Once you've had your first session with me, you find that these mental blocks that you have dwindle away. Um, the hypnotherapy really does, it is extremely powerful. But the, the difference between having the discovery call and identifying their problems and having the first session is the stoicness. If you know what I mean by stoic, it's just having the, 
it's showing emotion, showing someone that you're hurting, showing someone that you are vulnerable. And within men, massively within men, we have this persona, as much as you said, this, this toxic, toxic masculinity to say, hey, I'm not hurting. I'm, I can push on another day. I can carry a little bit more weight on my shoulders. In regards to the weight of the world, I can have another world on top of my shoulders. Uh, and people just have this downward spiral just by not opening up. Even if they're not going to open up to me, if they can just open up to themselves. Again, if just write it in the book and say, hey, I'm really struggling. Life is really difficult. Then burn it if they really want to. It doesn't really matter. Just get it out there that life is hard. The more and the harder we work and the more overwhelming we become and the more sucked into whatever problem that we're dealing with, what we need to do is take that step back and identify what's going on in the world. How many plates are you spinning at the moment and how many plates are falling? Because some plates you can't catch. Some plates you've got a really nice rhythm. It's not about trying to spin all the plates. It's trying to identify which plates may fall and put them down if you can and focus on the bigger ones and the smaller ones a little bit later on when you have that consistency. That's yeah, that's absolutely amazing. And and really getting it out there, like you said, I, I believe completely helps our brain process it, helps it kind of understand what's going on. I know my brother who is in the, the army over here, he's an Apache helicopter pilot. And he's whenever I've been around him and his friends, you know, they have a really, really hard time being vulnerable. They have a really hard time. I know my brother has mentioned, um, you know, a couple of times, some of the PTSD he's faced and, uh, and it's, you know, different for, for everybody of, of what's going to trigger it. But it is absolutely fascinating to me how hard it is for him to be open and vulnerable uh, as a result of the environment of, of everything that he's in. And, uh, and it'll be really interesting to see him um, deal with that after he's out of the army. So when when your soldiers are or your your veterans, the people that come and see you rather are are coming to you for some of these things popping up, mm-hmm. are there are there anything is there anything that has like kind of surprised you that's going to been um, triggering for you as well that you've had to work through and and what are some of like the the challenges that you personally come across to be able to overcome? some of these uh, kind of deep rooted vulnerabilities that can be kind of hard to look at. Yeah. So um, at the moment, no, for, for me in this day and age, I'm absolutely fine. I'm very open. And if I do identify something that could be quite challenging for me to hear, I will have my own methods such as journaling, such as going out for a run and decompressing and, uh, and just getting all the stress out of me. Um, I don't, necessarily necessarily uh, do apologize um have an issue with someone come up to me with a problem that i have not seen or faced before the problem i had was before i left the army a few years ago a couple of years ago um, when i was working with the army welfare service so i worked in the front line for 15 years uh, with the, the main battle tanks challenger twos and british army um and then working on many different other platforms as a dismount and um uh, and what well, are the other parts of the military and then the last five years i was in the army welfare service and none of my problems were fixed however i was becoming very aware of problems and i wasn't really very well 
at looking after myself. I was very keen on helping other people, but I was not very good at protecting myself from the information that was given to me because lots of what people were saying was very relatable to me, such as I spent a long time and we called them the warthogs. Um, so we had in Afghanistan, we were working very close inside the green zone, outside the green zone. We were basically bullet chasers for people, the Marines and the, uh, the paras who were going into contacts. Uh, so we would just go and chase any battle that's going on and just sort of pick up ammunition supplies and move on to the next fights. We didn't spend any time uh, in camp. And to hear other people's similar stories about Chinese rockets firing into their vehicles or small arms attacks or IDF or mortars or wh whatever it was that, that really um, troubled the soldiers that were talking to me, in the very early days, I, um, I, I almost beat myself up at the end i'd have a very stoic face a very non-echelonic face to say hey we're good with what we're doing here and as soon as that session would finish i would go and have a couple of pints or I'd have a few whiskeys in the evening uh, and just sort of resonate what's going on and that was a very unhealthy and it, it took me quite a long time to really identify that that was having a reaction on me and i needed to overcome that by being open by talking and and having um having one-to-ones with my at the time with my seniors and saying hey the, what this guy is saying to me is really hitting a nerve and uh, i need to take a moment from here and there and they were very supportive you go and have a cup of coffee go and take a breather and just cancel uh, whoever uh clients are seeing in that afternoon or later on in the mornings yeah. And, and I really like how you connected that with, you know, that avoidance behavior of of things were popping up and, and I had to go and do something to kind of calm those voices down or, or calm the, the trauma down. I know that has been very true throughout my life. And it really wasn't until I completely, you know, stopped drinking and really started looking at the emotions going on for myself that I was really able to identify like, oh, you know, the, I'm hurting here. And and it's okay to hurt. You know, I think a lot of us, it's it's harder for us to be vulnerable because we don't really want to look at it and all these behaviors and whether they're subconscious or conscious are a way of not really dealing with the underlying trauma that's, that's actually happening. Mm -hmm. So when you were in the, the welfare um, the army welfare office and dealing with some of these ex uh, soldiers um, were they ex soldiers or were they also current soldiers or is it kind of a mix of both no no they were only serving soldiers and their dependents at that time so when i was working the army welfare service in the british army you would only w deal with people um that was within the army you've got veterans uh uk you've got other charities outside of the army when i was inside you solely focus on the soldiers and their dependents. Okay. And and was that when you started doing learning about hypnotherapy and started doing some hypnotherapy with soldiers? Or was it kind of after the the welfare that you started diving uh, deeper into this? Yeah. So once uh, I had nothing to do with hypnotherapy until I left the army, um, everything that I was dealing with in the army was all um, very solution focused or SFBT or th there was um, CBT. I know I'm throwing lots of acronyms at you. Um, we dealt with the problems in hand and we weren't allowed to deviate away from their training. Um, you can't just 
uh, fire from the hip, you need to take a very fluid transition of the problems that you're faced with at the time. And so I'd learned a lot and think from neuroscience to many different uh, therapists um, and their, their, their teachings. And it was really interesting to learn. And, and there's many, uh, we worked also with domestic abuse and safe and together. And um, we, we, it, was a, it was a model of all the problems that a soldier could face or a dependent such as a wife or a husband could face of being in the military and working very closely with the social workers, uh, social services. Do you have social services over there in America? Or would you call it, well, you're going to call it something else, I guess. Uh, yes, we do. We have social services over here. Oh, and yeah, yeah but VA programs, all that kind of stuff as well. So yeah. yeah. So we would work very closely with um, the social services from anything from domestic abuse to uh, drinking too much from past traumas and relating themselves to, um, as you quite rightly said, getting rid of all the, 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 the problems in the back of their mind that they're not really focusing on. It's easier to focus on a physical pain like a hangover or being drunk than it is to focus on the emotional pain uh, of being anxious, being deplo uh, being uh, vulnerable, being sore, or however that looked. Okay, so with your program that you have now, uh, where walk me through what you do. Like, is it you, you know you're helping them kind of identify some some traumas in their life, taking them through some some cognitive behavior therapy. Um, or some like NLP or anything like that. And then like after identifying it, going into some hypnotherapy to kind of go deeper on those issues, like what, what is the the program that you take them through? Um, how okay. does that look? So when someone comes to me at first hand, uh, I'll have a discovery call with them for one hour just to see where the headspace is at, what's going good for them, what's going well for them, what's not going so well, or what's going terribly wrong and highlight the issues that they see consciously see at the end of that uh, discovery call i will give them a recording that recording is a deep relaxation recording with uh, 111 hertz in the background the divine holy frequency um to really help relax them in the evenings when they go to sleep at night and they listen to my voice in the recording and they get used to my voice they get used to relaxing something that many people don't really know how to do so just sit back don't think of anything apart from listen to my voice they listen to that for one week. On At the uh, end of that week, we'll then have that two and a half, half hour session that I told you about. Uh, that's um, where they've already brought up perhaps the three biggest issues of their time, uh, of their what's going on from at the moment, of what the, the PTSD is pretty much circumferring or circumferencing. Once we're in the hypno session, we will highlight the actual root cause so they've come to me with a problem. Maybe it could be anxiety, could be one of the biggest problems of what they're going through. Whilst under hypnosis, we'll talk about anxiety. We'll identify the one-to-one -one with the subconscious. So I'll be having a conversation saying, why are you anxious? Not why are the, 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 the conscious mind anxious, but why is the subconscious? Why are you anxious? And it's going to give me a bit of a story. And I'm going to go back and forth and go back to past uh, memories and current memories and the way you're feeling now and, and really pull that apart of what is actually going on for them as an individual. And usually lots of other smaller issues of the anxiety will come away. At the end of that two and a half hours, well, during towards the end of it, as I said, I'd make another recording. That, that other recording will be bespoke, common to paraphrasing everything that's said 
in the last two hours, two hours 15 or whatever is being said. At the end of that time, once um, I bring them back up, we'll have a bit of a debrief and say, hey, well, how was it for you? And we'll go through all the different little segments and um, and generally that 21 days thereafter, they listen to the recording and that issue of anxiety will whittle away and all the other sub uh, underpinned problems will unwind as well. It will just sort of dissipate. At the end of the 21 days, well, during the 21 days, we'd have another session together. During that session, it'd be a coaching call to see what's going on for the most again, what's working well, what's not, work, not working so well. Um, I'd give them advice and guidance. I'd just give them their counsel of what they need to go forward with. Like a, a royal council, if you look at every king in the world, every queen, or they're, they're going to have their own royal council with them. It's like, okay, don't feed the peasants that much. Uh, put your money into the war because France is knocking on the door. You'd have your own royal council giving you the guidance. So it's pretty much what I will be doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Although um, we'd have an actual coaching call for one hour dedicated to what's going on for them. We're always going to have a back and forth. Um, not a blue light service. So if they text me at three o'clock and four o'clock in the morning, my time, they're not going to get a response. Do you know what? To be fair, they probably will because I've got uh, a 12 month old son and he likes crying through the night. So if I look at my phone, I'll probably reply. Anyway, that being said, on the uh, at the end of the 21 days, we're then going to the next hypnotherapy session. And that's going to be on the fallout from the first one. So it's going to be their own journey. And all the way through this, I'm always inviting them to um, to write something down. Whatever's going on in their mind, just put a daily journal. I've uh, Recently, I've uh, published my own mental health journal, called uh, My Mental Health Journal. And um, that works really, really well with working with the clients because it's, it's very bespoke um, to your journey. And it goes hand in hand with the, um, the VIP clients that I work with here. Uh, and it's the same format. After the, the hypno session, you're going to have a new bespoke recording. And about two, three weeks after that, um, we're going to have another coaching session or counseling session. And then after that, you're going to have a third one. So within three months, you have lots and lots of interaction one-to-one. -one. Um, I give out lots of work. Now, not lots of work. I give out some homework, although as scary as it is, um, it's just really reflecting on who you are in your day-to-day -day business. Um, and any of my VIP clients, I'd advise them to get the mental health journal. And then that way you can work in week in, week out, where you have your weekly tasks, uh, which goes hand in hand once again with the work that we're doing to really bring out the most in front of them. So it turns out you, you need to pull the veil away from their eyes. You need to identify where you once were. You were overwhelmed with all the problems, all the issues that you had. But where are you now? Once you, again, pulling that veil back and identifying what is in your surroundings, you don't need to be angry. You don't need to be depressed. You don't need to isolate yourself. You don't need to suppress all your emotions because the more emotions, you, if you suppress just one emotion down, you're suppressing every single one of your emotions down. You'll end up just being a robot because you're just emotionless. And all the ones that float back to the surface are guilt and anger. And that's what many people that have PTSD are. They're just walking around an autopilot, feeling really guilty and being really angry. And it's about wishing or washing those two uh, reactive emotions away and bring back joy and happiness and say it's okay to show that you're happy, let alone be happy, and just work with them just to pull apart what works well for them and bring them into the people or to the person that they want to be.
That's that's absolutely incredible. It sounds like a really powerful program for for soldiers and anybody really to to go through and identify some of these things. Um, for those listening, I'm going to include a link to his book so you can easily find it. I'll also include a link to uh, Gareth's website. And where where is that website? Where can people find you on social media or on online? Yeah, so if you go into Facebook, I'm on uh, Remaster Your Mind is my page. And Mindsight is uh, the group where we have lots of interaction, one-to-one. Again, safe space, and anyone can bring any of their problems to the to the surface. And that's where we get have a back and forth and to get people out of their rut that they're in. Perfect. And I'll, I'll absolutely uh, include those links in that in the show notes for this. And before I let you go, I just have one last question for you. For some people that are dealing with uh, some of this anxiety and are unsure of, of what first step to take, what is one first step that, uh, that you can share with people to just kind of help them even taking that step on this journey? Just be true to yourself and identify the anxiety you've got. Your subconscious has given you anxiety as a as a gift, as, as random as that is. You faced a problem and now it's reaction to say, hey, I'll give you anxiety. I'll give you anxiety to prevent you from doing that thing again. If you got mugged, if you got robbed, then if you don't go outside because you've got anxious anxiety, uh, then you're not going to go outside. Therefore, little win. If you can identify from the very start where this comes from, the gift that the subconscious has given you, thinking that is good, your outdated beliefs. Again, write it down. Identify the patterns. And you can move around the patterns or you can move through them. So what I would say to anybody that's got anxiety, breathe. It's the most natural thing we could ever do or have within our respiratoire. Just breathe. Whatever problems that you're having will overcome. They're never going to be permanent. And if you can just identify the problems, share them. Share them either with yourself, share them with a friend or a professional. And that way you can overcome these emotions that are what it feels like is overwhelming and overpowering. I love that. I love that. Identify and and become curious about it. And then we can start overcoming it. Well, thank you so much for coming to my show today, Gareth. Um, I really, really enjoyed having you and maybe I can uh, talk to you again sometime in the future. I look forward to it. And I, I really look forward to hearing this too. Thank you very much for having me on this. Absolutely. You have a great day. You too. Thank you.